Father, we heard, Lord, this morning, speak a word. I have much to speak, but I pray no one has come to hear me. They have come to hear you. And I pray, Father, what I speak be sanctioned by heaven. I just want to thank you, Lord. Just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you. Faithful God. Awesome God. And I pray the anointing will rest over us. And as we hear the word and I speak the word, it will do its work. You said, I sent forth my word and healed you of your infirmities. And I pray even as I speak, those who are in their sick beds, even if they are in the ICU, the word will touch their spirits and they will be healed. You said, Lord, in Nazareth, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. And I pray today as I speak, Captives will be delivered. Bondages will be broken. You have magnified your word above all your name. And I pray in your house, we too will magnify your word above all our situations. For you never change. And the devil never changes. He comes always to steal, to kill, to destroy. But you come to give life. And life in abundance. Even today, manifest yourself in your house, Lord, among your people. We are come for life. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Abraham is called the father of faith. One of the fundamental things the hearing of the word of God has to do, or it does and it has to do, is generates faith. Because faith comes from hearing. Would somebody pull my shoes out? I would be great. Thankful. The entire purpose, because what money is in this world is faith in the kingdom. And it's not even a legitimate comparison because money has its limits. Many rich men died in prison, died in hospital, died in mental asylums. Literally. That's why I said it's it's not a proper comparison, but to make us understand. But Faith does the impossible because it is through faith, one, we access God, two, we please God. So the purpose of the hearing of the word of God, because the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Okay, so it's not just the word of God you have to hear. And that was the song, Lord, speak a word, speak a word. We have a promise. It's a promise from God. He said he would restore. 
different people, different areas in their lives, some similar, some different. But everybody is longing for restoration, except the babies. The babies, if they could hear and understand, will say, Lord, restore my parent. <laughs> okay? So there is a restoration. And our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God of restoration. He says, I will restore. If he can restore ears, then you need to understand, he can restore anything. He's going to the most difficult. He always goes to the most difficult, because if he can handle the most difficult, then he can handle the lesser. Okay, for this purpose, man shall leave his dog. He didn't say that. It's easy, you know. It's easy. Okay. He didn't say that. He said, your father and mother, the most difficult. They birthed you. They took care of you. They sustained you. They were with you most of your life till you got married. And then, so he begins there. And then he puts the rest down. If you want to follow me, Jesus said, Anyone who wants to be a disciple, unless he, and he puts every human relationship in that category, father, mother, wife, children, everything. Okay? So you need to realize, God goes to the difficult. And if the difficult is possible, that's how faith has to come. Lord, if you can do this, you know, because some of you may not want your ears back. Because you said, I'm young, I got, I got my time ahead. But why did he put ears? It's not specific to ears. Specific to ears. It is what you want, what you lost, okay, what you want. Remember, align your desires to God's will. So the whole question is when we have a promise called restoration, the whole idea is we need to know the ways of God. How does God restore? How does God restore? The ways of restoration, it's important because you could miss it if you don't understand how God does things, how God does things. Okay, that's what happened to the children of Israel. The first generation had no clue of the ways of God and they missed their destiny. Absolutely missed their destiny. Not because they did not experience the power of God. If you look at Psalm 103 and verse 7, it's not they did not experience the power of God. You can experience all the power of God and miss your destiny because the word says, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. No generation in human history before or after has ever experienced the very power of God like this generation. Yet they missed their destiny. You know why? Because they did not understand the ways of God. So when God talks of restoration, the power is there. We know I will give you the former rain and the latter rain. The power is there. So we need to be careful about that. Power is there. But that's not the issue. That's not the issue. The issue is the ways. The issue is the, how do you restore Lord? So you, I've said it over and over again, but you need to understand that over and over again. There are three people, I believe, in the Bible. I believe others also, but specifically mentioned. One is Moses, the other is David, and the other is Apostle Paul, who actually, in different words, asked the same prayer, Lord, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Show me your paths. They all finished well. They all finished well. Even if they goofed up in the middle and all that, because that prayer was there, they could come back to the way and finish well. So keep that in your mind. So today we will go to Genesis chapter 12. 
verses 1 to 3. We're looking at Abraham. We're not, not studying from Abraham, but we're looking at Abraham because he's called the father of faith. And we need to look at what is connected with faith that is connected to me and to you. One, two, three. The Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is called the Abrahamic blessing. Then in Genesis chapter 22, after he offers Isaac on the altar, God doesn't allow him to kill him. There is another blessing pronounced over him and Isaac 17 and 18. Genesis 22, 17. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, look at that, it's, it's, it's not plural, it's, it's singular. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my Remember that important voice. God had made known, if you look at Genesis 25, God had made known his covenants, his commandments, his statutes, all these things Abraham knew. It was codified as law through Moses. But that's not the key. You can know the entire Bible by heart and never hear the voice of God. And when the voice of God comes and speaks to you like the Pharisees crucify him, they could quote the entire scriptures like this, but they had never heard the voice of God. So it is not knowing the word of God. Faith does not come from knowing the word of God. Faith comes from the word of God, but hearing the voice of God. He says, because you obeyed my voice. You obeyed my voice. So God spoke to him. So this is the Abrahamic blessing in your seed. Now if you turn with me to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14, this is where we apply to ourselves. That the blessing of who? Of Abraham the blessing of Abraham, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Who are we? Gentiles. Okay? Because the Jews are anyway the seed of Abraham. But we are not the seed of Abraham. So they have a natural right to the blessings of Abraham. We don't have a natural right to the blessings of Abraham. So we have to become spiritual seed of Abraham. The blessings will come up of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in whom? In Christ Jesus. How? That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through... That's why faith is important. It is through faith we receive the Spirit of God. That is the promise. That is the promise. Okay? The promise of the Spirit. Once we receive the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, we become the seed of Abraham. Remember, everything is promised to Abraham. And those promises become ours. So if you were there yesterday and if you had heard, we knew God does not deal with mankind other than in covenants. He makes a covenant. He makes a covenant. Right? He makes a covenant. And based on that covenant. So the whole Bible is divided into two covenants, though there are more than two covenants. In the Old Testament itself, there are multiple covenants. That's a covenant he makes uh, with Adam and Eve. 
he makes a covenant with noah general covenant with mankind that he will not destroy the whole world again with water so it has never happened after that but he will destroy the world with fire okay and then he makes a covenant with abraham he makes a covenant with the house of david so different covenants are there and then we have the covenant the new covenant through the blood of jesus christ that's why we have communion one of the purpose of the communion is we are renewing our vows our our vows to that covenant every time we partake of the communion it's a reminder we are part of the covenant okay so there's the old covenant and the new covenant the other word we have we have for it is the term old testament and new testament so covenant testament testament actually means a will you know a will you know before you die you write a will and in that will are blessings and conditions conditions sometimes people write without any conditions like if your children are minor you may put your belongings your money in a trust and there will be somebody in charge of it and says this is how much a child should get until he or she reaches the age of 21 or whatever age the father decides and at 21 he takes care of the estate on the other hand between this age till 21 if he becomes so and so rebellious alcoholic addict something disinherit and give it to charity there are wills like that okay please understand what a will mean what a testament means so you have an old testament and a new testament if you turn to hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16 16 chapter 9 for where there is a testament there must also of necessity be the death of the testator i used that word with the pastors yesterday difficult to get translation in telugu okay but you know who is the testator the testator is the one who writes the will it is his will it's his property okay testator get that new word maybe new for many one of us except for deepika the lawyer the testator okay only condition is this let us say i write a will leaving whatever i have for my children it is not effective until i die okay that is the, that is the issue of the prodigal son he asked for his inheritance before his father died before his father's death he asked for his inheritance and the father was good so be very careful that is why this is important it is why is it so important to live by the will of god and not ask outside the will of god we become prodigals and asking for something from god which we should only inherit later be careful don't be a prodigal and don't be like the elder son either who has everything but will not ask anything so understand the difference and then if you come to words for a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives and verse 18 therefore not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood so you understand why those offerings had to be offered the blood sacrifice in the old covenant was necessary it's a symbol that the one who is writing the will is dead for god there is no past present future but it was proclaiming the death 
of the writer of the will, that is Jesus Christ. So the new covenant, Jesus said, drink of this cup. This is the covenant in my blood. His death. Okay? If he doesn't die, we have nothing to claim. Nothing to claim. Absolutely nothing to claim. So it is necessary that he has to die. Because once he dies, the will becomes effective. It becomes effective. Now there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. We looked at that, but we turned to Hebrews chapter 8, 6, 7 and 10. Okay, Old Testament is this. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much he is also the mediator of a better covenant. Use the other two words to understand the meaning. One is testament, third one is will. A better will. A better testament. Which was established on better promises. We look at the promises of the Old Testament and say, wow, wow, wow. But we don't understand the New Testament promises are better. That was temporal. This is eternal. And we are have access to that and this. The promises are there. Only the Spirit has to show us what it means in the New Testament. So we have a better will or a better covenant. We have better promises. Not only that, if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. What does it mean? The new covenant is faultless. The old covenant was faulty. Faulty. Second covenant is faultless. In verse 10, what happens? For this is the covenant. So the whole idea is, how is this covenant made? This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. God says something, you know what? It goes inside. Inside. I'll give you another legal thing. You have a will. I write the will. I am the testator of the will. But the will is not random. Somebody has to execute that will. Somebody is in charge. After my death, somebody takes over. He has complete authority over it. And he will go by the terms of the will. He is called the executor of the will. Did you get it? The executor of the will. On behalf of the person who wrote it, he executes. The executor of God's will is the Holy Spirit. Are you getting it? What God is telling you? God said, I sent my son. Everything is his. Everything is his. And when he died, he left everything for you. Now, the executor of that will is the Spirit of God. And I give him to you. When you are born of the Spirit, he will speak to you. He will tell you what to do, what not to do, what is yours, when is it yours, how to get it. That is how the new covenant works. Are you getting the picture? Are you getting the picture? Please get this. That is why it is so important not only to read the word of God, which is good, you know the terms of the will, but to hear. Because like I said, there's over 9,000 promises in the Bible. None of us need all of it. Though all of it is there. Right? Like there are tens and thousands of words in English. An average English speaking man, 
smother tongue, English speaking man, in his entire lifetime will not use more than five to six thousand words. You don't need more than that. Are you getting the picture? You don't need more than that minimum to communicate generally wherever he is. He doesn't need more than five to six thousand words. But does English have only six thousand words? No, hundreds and thousands. So take it. Look at the dictionary and the new dictionary and the next volume and the next volume. How many words are there? You know? That's why our Trivandrum MP speaks. We don't understand what he's saying. Shashitaru. No, when he speaks, nobody has any clue what he's saying. Right? So understand it. There are so many promises in the Bible. 9,000 promises. Do we need it all? Maybe there is somebody who needs it all. I don't know. But usually we don't need it. So how do you know what is that you need? How do you know what fits into your situation? Whether it is a battle or whether it is a necessity. There are promises which will stand in your stead. So you have the spirit of God, the testator of the will. The picture in the, in the Bible, we don't have to go over there, is a picture of Abraham's chief servant. He's called Eliezer. And the Bible says, when he went for Rebecca, he took ten camels loaded with goods because everything was in his hands. Okay? Everything is the Father's, belongs to the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the executor of all, the in charge, and he's going to get a wife for Jesus, for Isaac, and these are the conditions. So get this picture in your mind. So there is a will, there is a testament, there is a covenant. And there are terms. There are terms. The terms of obedience. The enemy comes to steal. Remember? He always comes to steal. How does he steal? How does he steal? How does he steal? He steals when we disobey. He steals when you disobey. Simple. Okay, simple thing. You leave your front door open at night. Open at night. The thief is passing by. Now you did it deliberately saying, let me see who will get in. He saw the door open. He came in, sprayed something and even knocked out. Slept for 12 hours. When you wake up in the morning, except for the bed you were sleeping in, everything is gone. And the only reason he couldn't take the bed was because you were too heavy. <laughs> Disobedience. That's how he steals. That's how he steals. If you have doubts about scripture, read Job chapter 1. You don't have to go there. The devil couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. Because God had put a hedge around him. God put a hedge, he built the edge. God side, man's obedience. Okay? That's how it works. Understand. Second way it works is that you accidentally forgot to lock your door. You didn't know. And fellow was passing by. He said, anyway, let me check. And he pushed the door open. Now you didn't do it deliberately. You didn't do it deliberately. You did it out of ignorance. So there are two ways. Disobedience. And ignorance. The repercussions go. So the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. What does God say? My people 
are destroyed by lack of knowledge. You know what? If you don't understand how the kingdom of God works, what are the laws of the covenant? On what laws, principles, how to work this out? You know what? You will be destroyed. Because you have an enemy who knows it all. He understands scripture. He understands the kingdom of God. He understands the laws of the kingdom. He understands it all. So God says, on your own, you will never win. You need my spirit. You need my spirit. My spirit. Get this picture. So in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 15, this is what God says. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord and your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. Now if you look at it, how many commandments are there? So the fundamental principle hadn't changed even in the Old Testament. How many commandments are there? Can an average Jew remember and obey all the commandments? No. So he says, listen to my voice. I'll tell you. Listen to my spirit. Listen to my spirit. The spirit of God was always there with them. And the very Bible says, the word of God says, Israel wandered and perished in the, in the wilderness because they resisted my spirit. They resisted the spirit of God. And that's what Stephen tells in Acts chapter 7 to the Sanhedrin. You and like your forefathers, you're stiff-necked, stubborn. You always resist the Holy Spirit. The person of God in us who speaks, who speaks. Get that, okay? On the other hand, if you obey, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So that is the word of God. Logos, written, and there's a voice of God, which is the Spirit of God speaking to you. Ramus, even when you are listening to my voice, may your spirit hear his voice. You hear his voice in the spirit. That one word, as we sang in the offertory, speak to me, one word, Lord. One word, okay? One word. Keep that in mind. On other hand, verse 15, but it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, then, and not observe, then all these things, we call them curses, will start coming, pass on you. It's like a doctor who is saying, if you follow this course and this diet, you will be well and healthy. If you do not follow this course, this diet, you will not only get not well, you will become worse. Now, if you don't follow and all those things happen, can you blame the doctor? Cause? Laws are there. Get this, okay? So there is a covenant and there are laws, Old and New Testament. The kingdom of God is based on laws. Because you cannot have a kingdom or a system of governance without laws. Understand that. God's kingdom operates under laws. That does not mean the law itself is above God. Sorry does not mean the law itself is above God. Does not. Don't misunderstand. Okay? 
It only means he has, he himself has submitted to his own laws so that his righteousness would be established. Okay? That's why he says, I have magnified my word above all my name. My word is forever settled in the heavens. Okay? Because it's part of his righteousness. So when they came to ask for tax from Jesus, he asked them, do kings or king's sons pay taxes? They said, no. What is it for righteousness sake? Let us pay it. Righteousness sake, pay it. Remember, in actual sovereign law, the king is above the law. Above the law. But kings themselves submit to the law. So you will see when the king in the book of Daniel and all, and this thing, once the king has signed, he says, I cannot go back. I cannot go back. So get these fundamentals in your, in your mind. Because, you know, they said, well, I signed it. Now it's for 30 days. You can't pray for 30 days. No, I, I'm sorry, I changed my mind. He said, I already signed and sealed it. It's an order passed. The law has been established. I cannot take it back. Get these pictures. So life will be easy. Or life will be difficult. Why? Either the law of God should work for you, or it will work against you. There's no neutrality. The kingdom of God operates on foundational, fundamental laws. Primarily, there are three kingdoms. One is called the kingdom of God. From the Old Testament to New Testament, the kingdom of heaven. And when John the Baptist started preaching, the reason is that repent for the kingdom of God has come. Repent means change your way you think about laws, order, principles, all this. Change the way you think because you know why? The superseding, the overall most powerful kingdom is at hand. If you don't change your thinking, one day this kingdom will crush you. Crush you. It will destroy you. The best thing is that now repent and keep changing so that you can become part of that kingdom instead of the kingdom finally turning against you. You can fall upon the rock or the rock will fall upon you. Okay? Understand. So you don't have to get all agitated and complicated. It's simple. It's very simple. God is saying, these are the consequences. Because you cannot have a system without a system of laws. So he brought Israel out. He told Moses, of all the weak people on earth, you are the weakest. I chose you as my special people. Now, this is my covenant. This is my laws. First say, do you want to live under it or not? If you don't want to under it, I brought you out. Because I remembered my servant Abraham. So based on that, I brought you out. I'll leave you alone. I will leave you alone. I kept my side of the promise because I made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because you know very well Exodus 2 says the children of Israel were groaning under the Pharaoh and their cries came to heaven and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now I told the pastors yesterday this is something that is happening almost 5,000 or 4,000 years ago. You know human history. Every nation was under slavery. There was not a single nation that did not have slaves. Every nation. Kings ruling, chieftains ruling, tribal chieftains, slavery. If you win a war, you take everybody, man, woman and child has slaves. Slavery is common. But God did not intervene to set free any slave in any part of the world except Israel because nobody had a covenant with him. Understand fundamental principles. 
you don't have a covenant with god god will not intervene in your life the real god the living god all powerful god will not intervene in your life so the first thing is to be part of the covenant and you enter into the covenant by faith and understand the terms of the covenant all by faith you are saved by faith by grace through faith so faith is the most important part of it on my side grace is from god i don't have to ever worry about god's side i have to worry about my side so there were slaves everywhere god did not intervene in anybody's case so some of the reasons you may realize all those years i've been praying god never answered my prayers go back and check whether you are part of the covenant are you a namesake christian or a real christian because after writing two letters to the church in corinth his final exhortation to the church in corinth is examine yourself whether you are in the faith are you in the covenant or not and what is the proof the proof is not that you know your scripture the proof is this that jesus christ is in you do you have the spirit of god who speaks to you that's the proof because it's by the spirit you are sealed so if you have never heard god speak to you and when you read the word of god it's like literature and not living panic go to god and say i believe i believe come into my life don't put your trust in your religious activities they will mean nothing on the day of judgment if you have doubts you can ask the rich man he's there still in hell and he had excellent jewish religious activities the only difference was he did not know god he did not know god so get these principles very very clear so there are three kingdoms one is the kingdom of god luke chapter 11 and verse 8 there are many portions but i say to you oh no 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 not let's leave it alone it's called the kingdom of satan okay kingdom of satan satan has his own kingdom king satan has his own kingdom and the bible is very clear about satan has his own kingdom which is the second realm third heaven second heaven and then you have the kingdoms of men you have the kingdoms of men if you look at 1 john chapter 5 and verse 19 the kingdom of satan yeah 11 18 can i have that can i have it? Yeah, 11 18 not 8 18 if satan also is divided against himself how will his kingdom stand so he has a kingdom god has a kingdom satan has a kingdom and then there are the kingdoms of this world we know so many nations around 200 and uh, you ask our young man what's his name in chai 360 keep benny ask benny he will tell you how many nations are there because his passport is this much he showed me at the airport i said even the csif officers at the, the security you know they all know him and every time they see you must have show your passport <laughs> they all know him okay. so he showed me all his this thing you know so what i'm saying is there are so many nations they are old days we talk them as kingdoms now we talk about democracies okay democracy so you have to reset your mindset so peter will say paul will say first of all prayer should be offered for whom kings for kings remember first of all for kings because kings are for life you don't you don't take a king out so he says but the purpose of the king is so that we have peace so you have to reset your mind saying that in democracy we don't have kings we elect leaders so if they are not bringing in peace and godliness for us lord change them 
Don't take that scripture and read, oh, God said, no, now my prime minister is forever. No. We elect them. We elect them. So we have to pray accordingly, Lord. Change it around that godly men rise. Let people, even if they're unbelieving people, you still have power over these situations so that we have leaders who are godly, who are righteous. We have the power. The church has the capacity. And we will say, how is that possible? There is... Um, the, um, Satan's kingdom, he has his kingdom, and if you go to 1 John 5 19, the word of God says, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway, means influence of Satan. And then Daniel chapter 4 and verse 17, Daniel understands a secret through his prayer life. This decision is by the decree of the watchers. And the sentence by the word of the holy ones. We talk about principalities, power, rulers of darkness. God has his parallel in the third heaven. There are watchers. And there are holy ones watching over God's people in every nation. There are watchers. And there are holy ones watching over God's kingdom. In order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. Ultimately, it is not Satan. The Most High One, the Kingdom of God, ultimately rules over the Kingdom of Men, gives it to whomever He will, and sets over it the basest of men. He says, ultimately, God is all in all. Understand this? Understand this? Okay? Kingdom of God, Kingdom of Satan, the Kingdoms of Men. One is physical, material, the lowest order. The spiritual and God, the higher order. The spiritual is always higher than the material. Simple question. Everybody is sitting here, sitting here with your bodies. Bodies wise, we are all kind of similar. Size may be different, but otherwise similar. But you know what's more important? Our minds are different. Our mind is spiritual. Have you seen your mind? Do you doubt you have a mind? Are you mindless? The minds are not same. So you will realize your body reached here because your mind made a decision. So who is superior? The, the mind is superior to the body. The mind is spiritual. The body is material. So the spiritual is always superior to the material. Understand that. Okay? So that's why God is giving us his Holy Spirit. Understand what is the purpose, meaning of it. In the kingdom, another thing you need to understand, kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan, kingdom of man. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. 26, verse 18. Okay, what is salvation? Salvation primarily is to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. What does it mean? Spiritual darkness to spiritual light. How does this operate? From the power of Satan to the power of God. So kingdoms not only have laws, they have power. So there is the power of Satan, power of God. So if I am not saved, I'm operating under the power of Satan without knowing. Without knowing. I don't have to know. And some people deliberately know and tap into that power. They, we, we call them sorcerers, witches, and all tantrics, all kind of people out there who know how to tap into it and use it. They think they are using that power. They don't realize the power is using them. 
Okay? So please understand, there is a kingdom. There are laws. And there is power. Ultimately, the outflowing of it will tell you whether it is righteousness or unrighteousness. You can have a good law and wrong power. It is still unrighteous. Still unrighteous. There are laws. <clears throat> Everything is established on laws. If you don't have laws, you have chaos. And you don't even understand. Even when you are listening to me, your mind is working according to law. I told yesterday, if you were there yesterday, you would have known. Why do we have, what is language? It is language because there is law. And law brings order. There is law, there is order. Like I said yesterday, <coughs> English has 26 alphabets. But the problem is English has 40 sounds. We are not confused with our own mother tongue because our mother tongues have letters according to the sounds. So if you do not know the law of English, you'll be always confused. We call it grammar, but basically it is the law. It's If you don't have the law, you don't have order. You don't have order. The one who is very proficient in English will understand better. Okay? Now, if I were, honestly, let me say, if I were to speak in Malayalam, my mother tongue, or, though it's a language where it has law, where it has order, where it has meaning, you will all struggle because it is not there in your system. Samir will understand, Reni will understand, my mother will understand, and nobody else will understand. The only things you will understand is what are the words in Malayalam which is similar to Telugu or Sanskrit, so your mind is working bringing law and order into the whole thing. So you need to understand in everything there is law. There is nothing in which there is no law. You have music. You do not have music unless it operates under laws. There is a law of music and out of the law you pick parts, put it in order, you have music. It's Otherwise it's cacophony. It's noise. It is noise. Cooking, there is law. You don't, don't just get a dish out of this thing. Even if you want to make the simplest dish, you have to follow a set of laws so that the result is palatable, can be eaten. Even if you go wrong in one part of the law, some part of the law in cooking is very important. If you go wrong with that law, like if you put more salt, though everything else is right, you put more salt, the whole thing goes. More chili, more oil. Are you getting it? Get this fundamental. Physics operates by laws. Biology operates by laws. Chemistry operates by law. So basically when you are going to school or college, what are you doing? You are learning the laws of a subject to understand it. If there is no law and there is no order, you will understand nothing. Why is that we are able to understand? It's because God established everything under his laws. The kingdom of God. Satan has never created anything. He will never create anything. Man has created nothing. He will create nothing. Surprised? Tell me one thing man has created. Because if he has to create something, he has to create out of something. Out of nothing. You see, whatever we do, whether you are making an omelette 
or your constructing a multi-storied building. All you are t- taking is what God has already created and putting it to a certain order based on the laws which God has established. Otherwise, you won't get it. You can't just build a house. There are certain laws established under which you have to build. Those laws were not established by man. Man just discovered it. It was established by God before creation. And the ingredients to make it was created by God and never by man. That's why we say knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. The problem with science is, science has taken the place of God. The modern man replaces science with God. And you'll lose your freedom, your liberty. You go into bondage. So please get this. Basically, education is learning laws, finding an order, and you are basically, everyone is basically a researcher. You are inventing nothing, you are making nothing, you are creating nothing, you are just discovering that was always there. Because you cannot create, it was always there. Even if you find it's a new thing, a new invention, it was already there. In whose mind? God's mind. You just discovered it. So understand the supremacy of the kingdom of God. It rules over the affairs of man. So there is kingdom, there are laws, and then there is power. Psalm 62 verse 11. Just one verse. There are plenty of them in the Bible. Psalm 62 and verse. God has spoken once. Twice I have heard this. That power belongs to God. All power Belongs to God. Get that. KJV in KJV Matthew uh, 28 and verse 18. This is what Jesus will say. He will come and say. Jesus came and spoke to them saying. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. How can all? So the question is. If all power is with God. And all power has been given to Jesus. Where does Satan get his power from? Stolen. All power. If I say all the money is with me, that means you're all poor. That's what the Bible says. All power. All wisdom. All honor. It's all God's. Neither man nor the demons or Satan has ever created or has anything of their own. Get this picture clear. Because then you will understand how the kingdom works. And how Satan's kingdom works. Okay. Everything. All power is God's. But because God established laws. This power is also established on those laws. Okay, So you can have legit power. Or use that power illegitimately. It will still give you. Okay? It will still work until you are caught. The day of judgment is called the day of catching. So if you are caught before the day of judgment, you are a blessed man. I gave you the example, which we always see in our Hyderabad. You have this construction site, which we had in our areas all where we live. And then you have this little shanty over there. That fellow who comes, he's working over there. He just finds somebody's empty plot. He puts his house over there in two hours. 
and then in the night you see he has light in his house. Why? He puts a pole, puts a wire onto the main line and pulls it. And before you know his TV is working. He has a TV. Have you noticed all of them have TVs? And they have this light. Everything works. Okay. And then you see the line man, the power company fellow comes here. He does this ki 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 and he gives you the bill. He goes to that side. He doesn't give him a bill. He just takes the money. Now, his light is also burning. Your light is also burning. And if you look at it, the power comes from the same source. You use it legit, legitimately. He uses illegitimately. But the power source is the same. Okay, Power source is the same. So, all power belongs to God. So, the question is, when we use power, is it legit or not? Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23-24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. That's one thing people run after because knowledge, wisdom is power. It's power. Let not the mighty man glory in his might strength. It's power. If you don't believe it, try to pick a fight with Mose here. Just the look of his biceps will cause you peace. <laughs> if you don't believe in strength, I'm talking about, I don't believe in strength, pick a fight with him. When our scooter brakes fail, we struggle to stop it. He just stops airplanes. <laughs> Lifts airplanes. Okay. I'm saying when you say strength, might, you need to understand strength. And third thing mentioned over there is riches. God says, let, don't glory in any of these things. In your wisdom, in your strength, or in your riches. If you glory, let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Because if he understands and knows me, he will know his wisdom comes from me, his strength comes from me, and his riches comes from me. Because Satan has never printed a single rupee in his life. He's a thief. Thieves don't uh, work. They steal. He has never made anything. Man has not made anything. If God doesn't give him brains, wisdom, understanding, he can make nothing. What is the difference between man and the animals? The difference is man has God's spirit in him. Therefore, he's able to create out of what God has given or make out. Animals create nothing. nothing. But if you look at them, outwardly they all seem to be like us. They seem to have the same body Similar, maybe they walk differently, but the organs are all kind of similar. But why are they not able to do anything? We'll come to that later. So get this thing very clear. Wisdom. Don't glory in your wisdom. The wisdom of Solomon was all around the world. The Bible says the queen of Sheba came with so much treasure because she had heard about his wisdom and his riches. And when she came and saw it, she said, no, what I heard is nothing to what I say. 
Go read First Kings 10. You will see the whole thing described over there. Because his wisdom and his riches came from God. Unmatchable. When you was a young man, God says, ask me what you want. He says, I want wisdom. I'm just a child. Give me wisdom. God said, I'm very happy you asked for wisdom, so I'll give you riches too. So always in the world, even in the Gentile educated realm, they will always say, as wise as Solomon, as rich as Solomon. And Jesus comes and says, you know what? <laughs> One wiser than Solomon is here. And did you see the grass in the field? The flowers in the field? Even Solomon in all his grandeur wasn't dressed like that. He says, you don't understand God. You don't understand God. Okay? So get this idea very clear. Judges chapter 16, verse 5. And the lords of the Philistines came to her and said, entice him and find out where his great strength lies. They wanted to know. The Philistines were powerful people. Goliath was nine feet tall. Philistines were, but in the middle of it, one, one Hebrew boy rises up. He doesn't look very different from the others, but he has the swords of his strength. He's very strong. So they say you want to know the source of his strength. Are you getting the picture? Riches, wisdom, strength. And then Exodus 7 verses 10 to 12. 7. Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, brought his servants and before his servants and it became a serpent. Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did in a like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, they became serpents, and Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod. So there is power. It's an absolute clear encounter between two sets of people, Moses and Aaron, the Pharaoh's magicians, and there is a power encounter. So the power is real. Power is real. Are you getting? So look at this word. Pharaoh called his wise men, sorcerers, the magicians of Egypt. Behind every religion, there are what we, um, not misunderstand the term when we use, but that meaning also has a real meaning, uh, a medium. Medium. Like you say, what is your medium of education? You will say it's English or Telugu. Okay, so education is the purpose. The medium is through which you get it. You can get it through English, you can get it Telugu, Hindi, whichever language you choose. So education is what you're after. The medium which you, so there is this power source. There's this power source, power. And there is this medium through which you get it. And these people are called the magicians of Egypt. Sorcerers, wizards, witches, tantrics, all of them. If there is no power, people will not follow religion. If there is no power, people will not. If I am right, currently there are over 4,000 registered religions with its own set of followers. If there is no power, there is no religion. No religion. Get that picture. Okay. Every religion Behind it, there is power. And there is a medium. 
Otherwise, everybody would go to the same temple and to the same priest. They don't. They don't. They know where power works. How it works. It's not like what you think in religions. Put the kingdom of God aside and let us take about religion, Christianity without God. But there is a Christianity without God. There is a Judaism without God. If you put in terms of power religions, number one is Hinduism. Second is Islam. Third is Buddhism. Fourth is Christianity. Fifth would come to Judaism. In terms of power. I'm talking without God. That's how it works. How it works. You ask me, how do I know it? Study. Because an amalgamation of all this together is the last day's religion, which is called New Age. New Age. If you look at New Age, they have mixed all five. It's Christianity, in it, Judaism, in it, Hinduism, in it, Muslim. They are making a one world religion. Mixing all of it. And Freemasonry is the outlet to it now. They are the mediums. So if you look in the Freemasonry, if you look at the level, at the top is not Islam. It's not the God of Islam. At the top is the God of Hinduism. The killer, the destroyer. He's at the top. And they're mixing it all together. And using the name of Christ too. Not the real Christ. And there is power in it. Power in it. But it's illegitimate. Get this picture. Okay, get this picture. Because God said it. In the last days, if the days weren't shortened, even the elect will not be saved because of the demonic will completely confuse people. And we are living in those days. Let me ask you this question. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 13. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. The question is, how does God do it? How does God do it? There are laws that are established. Based on the laws, he stops the rain. Using some law, whatever it is in the spiritual realm, he can send the locusts. Using some law, he can send the pestilence because when God works, law starts moving. Right? Law starts moving. Mass compulsory. CM, Chief Secretary, Science and Order. Immediately enforcement begins. There is a law and there is an outworking enforcing of it. Okay? My question is that if there isn't a law to make or bring rain, why would they worship Baal? If Baal can bring rain because he's tapped into the law by which rain can be brought. Baal can't bring rain. They won't worship Baal. So they're tapping into the realm, understanding how the laws of God works, illegitimately uses the law to bring rain. And God doesn't stop them. You want that way, you can have it. That is why you have to be very careful. It's not that you want to be blessed. You want to know who blessed you. Who blessed you? Be careful about this. Genesis 20, verse 17 and 18. 
Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his servants and his female servants and they bore children. What had happened? Because, so it is not for a one day or something. He had taken Sarah into his house. So what did God do? God shut everybody's womb in his household. So understand. How does he do it? Arbitrary? No. There are laws established. We don't understand it. But biology, medical science understands. But there are laws. Spiritual overrules the physical. So if God can close a womb, the devil also can close a womb. That is why fertility gods are there. They want to go to fertility gods unlike the actually they answer. Okay, yesterday after I answered the Q&A, somebody had asked the question, how does it happen? Let me tell you, you are not a child of God. You are not under the blood. You are not in Christ and you are a woman. You are a woman. Okay, you know scientifically, medically, if a woman has to bear, certain things have to happen. All the demon has to go there and put a block over there. And she's not able to bear. So you go to a tantric. The tantric says, okay, he cuts, cuts into the medium and the medium says, okay, tell her, make this vows, tell him to make this vows and all, and she will bear. She makes all the vows and everything and he removes the block. The block was put by him. But now she bears a child, but she has gone into greater bondage which she is not even aware of. They can do. They can do. I met practitioners of that religion, different religions who became Christians and they said, sir, when I was on the other side, we could do anything. If the villagers, when they had their harvest, did not give us what we asked, we could get rain and this thing and destroy their harvest. We knew how to do it. Because laws are established. If you understand the laws, you can use it. Whether it is legit or not, it's a different question. Get these pictures. If you turn to First Kings chapter 18 and verse 24. Elijah said, 24, yeah. Elijah says, this is Elijah. Then you call on the name of your gods. I will call on the name of Lord. And the God who answers by fire, his God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. You all know that? One Elijah, 400, 450 prophets of Baal. My question is, if they actually thought they could not bring fire, would they enter into that competition? No. Of course they thought they could. Of course they thought they could. Let me ask you this question. Absolute real magic. This guy comes, uses a kerchief and takes the rabbit out. How does he do that? What did he tap into? You can check him out everything. He did not come with a rabbit. What did he do? That's what I said. Don't even watch these programs. It's demonic. They have tapped into something which they can use it. And you are stunned. I said, most of music, most of movie actors, everything has tapped into the other side. There is an invocation. If you look at our old movies, I think even now, how does the movie begin? With an invocation to the muse. Right? With a God. It begins with Because if you have to be better than somebody else in this world, you have to have a source of power. Source of power. The word of God says when the king tested Daniel at the end of three years, 
Can I pick that verse in Daniel chapter 1? When he tested Daniel and his three friends at the end, Daniel chapter 1, towards the end, what does the word of God says? Now at the end of the days when king had said they should be brought, yeah, come to the next verse, interviewed them, and among them, none was found like the king, and therefore they served, yeah. Find the next one. In all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, they were ten times better than all the magicians. One source of power, God. These guys are absolutely sold out to God. God says, you are absolutely sold out to me. They cannot beat you because I am the source of all power. You will be found ten times better than the others. Ten times better than the others. And the astrologers who were in all his realm. Now what does that actually mean? The king doesn't ask questions. Which king has got time to ask a entire university student's viva? You have to think about it. What are they talking about? This is viva. And the king will sit in his throne, this over there. And the interview board are magicians and astrologers of Babylon, the senior fellows. The ones who stand between the king and the power structure. And they are interviewing this and they are stunned, 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 stunned. Where did they get this? We with all our magic arts could never understand these things. You ask about anything, they are able to answer. Even things which they did not know. Remember in Daniel chapter 2 when the king has a dream and he won't tell the magicians and the astrologers, if I tell you, you will come up with some cock and bull story. So you tell me first what the dream is and then give me the interpretation. Otherwise, I will kill all of you. And they said, Lord, how can we do this? Nobody has ever done anything like that. Unless the gods give wisdom, we will not be able to tell you. He says, Ariok, start killing them. And the word came. He started killing them. And the word came to Daniel. Daniel said, go and ask the king for favor. Just give us a couple of times, a couple of days. So I believe he practiced. You have to look at the whole word of God. He and his brother, um, three friends go into a time of, I believe, fasting and prayer. And the Bible says, in a night vision, God gave him the dream and the interpretation. And Daniel comes and says, king, this is your dream. This is your interpretation. And you know what the king said? He fell flat before Daniel and said, Your God is above all gods. Please understand how things work. Just just don't go and study. Get an education. Get a job. These are all temporal things. The day of judgment will come. Everything will be evaluated. Did you really search me? Did you really know me? Did you really surrender to me? Anyway, can duplicate anything that God does by tapping into. Let me ask you this question. The same example I gave you. Okay, let's say my house. Let's say my house. I have an AC. Let's say I have a TV. I have a microwave. I'm talking about gadgets running by electricity. The fan, the mixer, all kinds of gadgets. Next door is another fellow. He also has all these gadgets, but he has no power connection. But in the night, he pulls this wire and all his gadgets work. Because he put that pole and took the power from it illegitimately, well, the microwave says, I refuse to work. It doesn't say. Show me your electricity bill. Does it say? No, it doesn't say. So have you so 
asked yourself, what is the source of my power? What is the source of my power? Am I getting, am I getting deceived? Am I getting fooled? Am I taking life too casually? I'm not talking about the people in the world. I'm talking about the people in the church because we are the only ones who are aware of a day called the day of judgment. Everything will be judged. And you, all your works, that's what the book of Corinthians says, all your works will go through the fire. Will it come through the fire? How did you do? What were the laws? What was the power? Did it bring righteousness? Are you understanding it? Matthew 6 and verse 33. 6 and verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What did God say? Seek the kingdom of God first. Because everything can happen through different ways. But that's not your call. Your call is for seek the kingdom of God. Because what is coming and what you're going to get into, what is going to take over is the kingdom of God. Remember Jeremiah's prophecy to Judah? Don't fight Babylon. You will die. Why? God has spoken. It does not matter whether you are God's people or not. A sentence has already been passed in heaven. You will die. If you fight Babylon, you will die. If you surrender, the king of Babylon will cause you to live. But God has made that decision too. They refused and put him in prison. And they fought. What did the king of Babylon do? First he killed the kings. And in front of the king, he took off the eyes of all his sons. Okay? So God says, you know what? The kingdom of God ultimately overrules everything. So seek first the kingdom of God. And what? Righteousness. Understand. His righteousness. Because you can do many things many ways, but only one way will bring forth righteousness. One way will bring righteousness. That is why faith is so important. Because when you use faith... Faith is absolutely believing the voice of God. You use faith. The power that comes in is grace and outworking of it is righteousness because my righteous shall live by faith. Look at all this. Don't look at the result alone. If you look at the result, you will get goofed up because the world only looks at results. Your company only wants results. They don't care how you got it. Old days they cared. Now they don't care. All these companies were, because Christian-based companies were, had integrity and they were very careful about how you do your stuff. They didn't want the results. They also wanted to know how you got the results. Let me ask you for all the people who have at least done a, I mean, at least no, done a PhD. Those who are trying to do PhD or anything. Can you just bring any result? They will want to know how did you get your result. Now, because computers have all gone mainline, when you write a paper, even academic paper at your undergraduation or PG level, when you write a paper, you know what? It is put into the system to show that at least how much is Less than 11 of somebody's will not be allowed. That means 89% should be original. And the system will tell you, this is copied, 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 rejected. Are you getting it? You want to go into higher education? And you will realize. Okay, so you need to understand. I had these results. What was the power? Whom did knowledge come from? Whom did power come from? 
what it ultimately it outwork. So take life seriously because the rewards are also a great. Okay. The kingdom of God. Go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 and come back to Genesis 1. 1. Everything is there. If you go to the beginning, you get the beginning. 12.2 Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Go back to Genesis 1. 1. In the before you do anything, you need to go to the beginning and ask, who started it? Who is the author of my work? Who started this? Beginning matters. Who started this? Did I again go into my prayer closet? Did I study the word of God? Did I understand about God and his kingdom and his principles? Did I hear his voice? Did I start it on my own? Or did he start it? Because God is under no compulsion to finish anything that he hasn't started. In the beginning. Who was there at the beginning of anything you started? In the beginning. The author. The sustainer. The finisher of our faith. Got it? Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27. 1, 26 and 27. And God said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Okay, that's enough. Okay, we don't have to go to the next one. What did God say? Let us make man in our image. He says, you know what? Man is made. So we are made in his image. So we cannot help but function like God. Animals don't function like God. We function like God. We are not God, but we... See... You cannot make a washing machine mop your house. Because it was created to wash your clothes. Okay, You cannot get a vacuum cleaner to wash your clothes. Because its function is that. It has been set in the same way. We were made in God's likeness and in His image. Get that in your mind. So the question is, what does it mean? It means we were created to take dominion over what God has, where God has placed us. Take dominion. We will take dominion. So the quest, first question they've asked is, who started it? Verse one. Who started it? Can you be sure God started it through you? On the other hand, you can start with God and end with the devil. If you have doubts, ask Saul, King Saul, started with God, ended it with the devil. Ask Solomon, started with God, ended it with the devil. On the other hand, you can not start with God, but ultimately end with God. Bible shows you how it happens. In the beginning. So you did not, I did not, you did not, none of us sitting here started with God. We started on our own and we didn't care, we did not know. We started it on principles of God's kingdom, power of the devil. Or no principles, power. Right? 
Turn to Genesis chapter 17, verse 2 and 5, and verse 15. 2 and 5. I will make a covenant between you and me and will multiply you exceedingly. No longer your name shall be called Abraham. Now he's going to start with Abraham. He says, you know what? All these days you're wandering. You have no clue where you are going. You want me to start with you? I'll change your name. Your name is being changed. It's a new story. No longer Abraham. You are Abraham. Name has changed. It's a new beginning. That's why we don't say God of Abraham. We say God of Abraham. New beginning. So if a man encounters God somewhere in the middle of his journey, it's a new beginning. Now he's Abraham. It's not Abraham. It's Abraham. Verse 15. One five. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Do you see that? Names have changed. Why? Because they are actually encountering God late in life. Genesis 17 and verse 19. God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son and you shall name him Isaac. Do you know there is Abraham, there is Isaac, and there is Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Isaac is the only one whose name is not changed because he is of God. Jacob has to become Israel. Abraham has to become Abraham. When Abraham becomes Abraham, now I have begun my work in you. Now I am the author of your faith and I will finish. Genesis 28, 24, 25, then 24, yeah, 28. Quickly, 24 to 28. Oh, I'm sorry, it's where Jacob meets, I might have got the chapter. I was getting all this thing through the night. So that's why I couldn't even give you the reference. Okay, it's okay. Um, um, Jacob is left alone. Okay, he's left alone. And then God wrestles with him. And a man with a capital M wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. You need to understand, Jacob is a very strong-willed person. He wants God's blessings, but he wants his, his way. He's the, not the other Sinatra. He's the one who sang, I did it my way. Now, when he saw he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Okay. Who's wrestling with him? It's an angel. Now, get this picture also. We don't understand the angelic realm. Are different kinds of angels. There are cherubs with wings, there are seraphs, and there are angels. And angels are not like what we think angels are. When Gabriel the angel came to Mary, Mary wasn't surprised. <gasps> she didn't say. Because they looked like men. When Jesus came with two angels to Abraham's house, they all sat and ate. So different categories of angels are there. So when the Bible says where the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they married them and had children, this is not all the angelic order. There are some angelic order we are very close to humans. 
Otherwise, you will not entertain angels by accident. So please understand this. So among the fallen angels also are a set of angels who are very close to humans. And if they come to you, if you don't have spiritual discernment, you will think they are human. Even now. Even now. How do you know? You look at scripture. How did it happen? Otherwise, if these fallen angels did not like humans, they came with two horns and a big tail and the daughters of men, how I will love you. Will they say that? They will run for their life. Reality, why we need the Holy Spirit. The whole idea is why we need the Holy Spirit. When he and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Okay, I explained that yesterday. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So I said to him, what's your name? He said, Jacob, verse 28. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. You want me to bless you? You have to have a new beginning. You have a new beginning. The old man cannot. That's why when we baptize people, usually we give them a new identity. This is who you were. This is who you are. Okay? It does not mean Jacob becomes Israel immediately. So you have an interplay, Jacob, Israel, Jacob. Oh, sons of Jacob, listen to what Israel has to say. Because he birthed them as Jacob, but Israel is the one who is blessing them. I am not Jacob. When I birthed you, I was Jacob, but I am blessing you as Israel. In the same way, we get saved, we get baptized, we get a name. It's an interplay between those two people. But the old one has to become weaker and weaker. The new person has to grow stronger and stronger. There's a battle inside and we have to understand that battle and not feed the older man. So there is a change of name. Okay? New beginning. In the beginning... So salvation is a new creation in the beginning. God created. That's your beginning. The day you were born again, God created you. Afresh. You were born earlier by the flesh, will of man. Now you are born again by the will of God. God is... Okay, are you getting the... Genesis 1 and verse 2. So God, earth was without form, void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of waters. Understand this. The Spirit of God and the spirits are always hovering around. Just because you cannot see them, that does not mean they are not there. Do you, do you see the air you breathe? Hmm? So you stop breathing because you can't see it? Stop breathing because I don't believe what I see, what I don't see. You will die. Then you will believe. Because immediately you will be transported in the spiritual realm and you will believe in air. Are you getting the picture? Just because you don't see something that does not mean it is real. The spirit of God is right here hovering. Right here hovering. And if you brought some demons, Jabardasti into this place, they are also hovering. Though we plead the blood and all, they said, no, I will not go even you use the name and the blood because he, she told me I can come along. So I am here with him, sticking very close. If you have doubts, then ask yourself, how come I forgot what Pastor James has preached for the past one hour? Who took it? The birds of the air. The birds of the air stole the word of God. They don't like the word of God. They don't like the word of God. 
So there are spirits always hovering and the Holy Spirit. So there is a work. There is a work. Second thing, what is the source of your power? That's number two. Who empowered you? Spirit of God or other spirits? Who empowered you? There is legit power, illegitimate power. Verse 3. God said, Who said? That's what? God made us in His image. You know why? God speaks. Words have power. You have no idea if you don't have words. No words. You take word out, you're just an animal. Moving on naturally implanted impulses. You will say, gorilla is so kind. No, it's just a naturally implanted thing. They're not thinking those things. They don't have it. Very limited. They have no words. What makes man different? He has words. Meaning, if you have no words, you have no ideas, you can make nothing. You can make nothing. That's why animals make nothing. Because they have no words. Okay. So, God said two things. If you hear my voice and obey my commandments, these blessings will come. If you disobey, these curses will come. Do you know that blessings and curses are all words? Are all words. How does God bless a man and make him rich? He suddenly drops a sack of currency into your house. No, he says, I bless you. I bless you. Now you will start prospering. It's words. It's words. So you need to ask, who started this work? Whose power it is? Third, whose word is it? Did he say? Who said it? So when the devil was testing, Jesus said, Jesus said, it is written. Whose word is it? Who spoke to you? Whose voice? Whose word? Remember the promise. What is the outworking of the promise? I will pour out my and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Start speaking the words of God. They shall see dreams. They shall see visions. The Pharaoh in Genesis, you don't have to go there, Genesis 41 had a dream. He woke up and he was very disturbed. But when God's people saw dreams, they were not disturbed. Because along with the dream or the vision, there was a voice. There was a voice. Cornelius saw a vision. Or Peter saw a vision and a voice. So if you have a dream without a voice, you will be confused. The Pharaoh had a dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he needed a man of God who would put a voice into it. Words. So first question, who started it? Who created it? Second question, whose power it is? Third question is, whose words are it? God said, 
Genesis 1.4. And God saw the light, it was good. Question is, after you have done or brought forth something, can God look at it and say it is good? Can produce many things, that's not the point. Can God say it is good? That's why it says, without faith, you cannot please God. Because when it is faith, he is the author. The power is grace, the Holy Spirit, the words are his. And the product is always good. Because it is of God, by God, for God. You want to understand the entire purpose of the Bible? Read Genesis 1, 1 to 4. It's all there. In the beginning, God should be the author. The Spirit is hovering. The source of power should be the Holy Spirit. And he said, be very Careful before you do anything that he said. And then the fourth thing, let it be good. And when you stand before God, God will say, well done, my good servant. It was good. I saw your work by me, through me, for me. It is good. It is good. Because out on the other side is an illegitimate fellow who uses the laws of God to use his power to give it to us to take us to hell. And we look at the result and says, wow, 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 be careful, be careful. Proverbs 18, 21. Yeah, eighteen twenty one. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Words. Are you getting it? Without words, you create nothing. You cannot create anything without words. Because even to communicate, you need words. Even to think, you need words. So you you can create life, or you can create death. Eternal life, or eternal death. Ask these questions. Ask these questions. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. So God comes back and says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And verse 3, we thought all things were made through Him. Simple question, are all things made through Him in my life, your life? Because at the end, there will be nothing left that was not made through Him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. What is God talking about? The original creation, everything that we say, the raw material, everything was created by him and through him. We are taking it and just making different graphics. That's all. So ultimately, we are just rearranging things. Please understand this. That is how it works. Because that's basically what everybody is doing. It is tapping into laws. There's certain laws on which certain things are established. You understand the law. Let me ask you this question. We have Dr. David. Where's Dr. David? Dr. David? Dr. Dr. David is over there. We have Dr. Suchi here. Two doctors here. Dr. David studied, if I'm right, in CMC. Dr. Suchi studied in medical college. You have a sickness. You go to him. He checks, gives you the same diagnosis. She checks, gives you the same diagnosis. Were they taught, were they taught by the same teachers? But both their teachers... 
got into the same set of laws. You have Hannah sitting over here. You have Peter sitting over here. Two plus two is? Two plus two is? Were you taught with the same teacher? How did you reach the same result? Same laws. Same laws. The teacher may not be the same, but the law there had to apply, had to be the same, otherwise you will end up with different results. So there are laws that work. There are physical laws. There are spiritual laws. That's what it means. The kingdom of God rules over it all. There are laws. So when just said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he says, know me, understand how I work, and ultimately seek my righteousness. You don't want any result. You want righteousness as the outworking of it. My righteousness, not your righteousness. My righteousness, not your righteousness. So I said, we need knowledge, we need power, we need riches. All religions offer this. Otherwise, nobody would follow it. All religions offer knowledge. They offer power. They offer riches or blessings. Otherwise, nobody would follow it. The only thing is that, whose power is it? God can bring rain. Baal can bring rain. God can bring fire. Baal can bring fire. If you have doubts, read the book of Revelation. When the Antichrist comes, he will bring fire also from heaven. That people will all believe this is the Christ. Got it? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. You he made alive who were dead. We were born dead. We're not born alive. We were all born dead. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We are born dead. The devil was controlling us. And the power we received was his. People become millionaires. People become PhDs. The question is, whose power? One of the greatest intellectuals, misnomer, of France was a guy called Voltaire. When he died, he was a miserable wreck. Even his nurse refused to go into his room because he was terrified. All he could see was demons. Because an avowed atheist. That's the truth of so many people. We are born dead. We were sons and daughters of disobedience, working according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air. That other realm which you can't see was controlling your thoughts, your actions, everything. They were man giving you power, blessing you, healing you. And I will give you healing. You want a child? I'll give you a child. I will block it and remove the block and you will think, I am the one who gave you a child. No, I didn't give you a child. I just blocked it. But you won't know the truth. You won't know the truth. I can't give life, but I can pretend I can give you life. I will just block so that you never conceive. And then when you cry out to me and give me what I want, I'll remove the block and you have a child and you will say, oh, this God gave me a child. But you don't realize you become worse. 
we are born dead. John 3, 5. John 3, 5. Jesus answered and said, most assuredly. Who is he telling? Arch, Archbishop of Israel. Nicodemus. That's parallel. 70 men control Israel. The religious affairs of Israel. The life of Israel was controlled by 70 men and one of them was the high priest. The high priest was the Pope. The 17 are the, 70 are the cardinals. They know their word in and out. You have no Judaism, you have no Christianity. So don't underestimate Judaism. Judaism is the father in terms of religion, the mother of Christianity. Okay? These guys know. He comes in the night and he asks Jesus. You know the question he asked? He says, I know you are from. So the question is then, who are you from? Who are you from? I know you are from God. Unless you are born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God says, you want to enter into my kingdom? You knew a new beginning. You are born dead under the power of the spirits of the air. It doesn't matter what your religion is. Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, Christian, Jew. It does not matter what your religion is. You have to have a new beginning from the spirit of God. Otherwise, you will not see or enter the kingdom of God. You will always fight the kingdom. Why are you fighting the kingdom? Because you are not born again. Why are you not interested in the kingdom? Because you are not born again. Be born again. It's a new beginning. Of the spirit. Be born again. Luke 1. Chapter 3. 34. 35. Because our role model. The last Adam. The second man. Our our eldest one. The beginning of the new creation. Is Jesus Christ. The apostle of our faith. No, no, not Luke 3. 2. Uh, 1, 1, 1. 1, 34, 35. Luke 1, 34. Mary said to the angel. How can this be? Since I do not know a man. How can I bear a child? Answered. Then the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How, how was he born? A woman is there. But it is the Spirit of God who births him. Parallel to us, we are born of a father and a mother. When the Spirit of God comes upon us, we are born of the Spirit. What do we become? The children of God. We are called as many as who received him. He gave them the authority, the power to become the children of God. Second, Luke chapter 1, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16, and then go to Luke 2, 46, 47. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 15 and 17. All the young people listen carefully. Yeah, not one, three, right? I gave you three. 3, 15 and 17. That from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. All children sitting here, all the children are all in Sunday school, all the parents listen. Let your child know Scriptures from childhood. Let your child know Scriptures from childhood, which is able to make you wise for what? So, even if you are not saved, we keep on preaching you the word of God. It does not matter. One day when you are saved, the word will make sense. I have baptized people like that. Sat in my meeting for years together. They listened to me they're from the CSHS and all. One day they said, Pastor, I believe. And everything that I have heard makes sense now. Now I understand. And baptize them. Now you are saved. Why is unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus? Verse, next verse, 16. 
16, 16, no. All scripture is given by breathed by the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. God breathed. God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. So once you're born again, this starts taking a different meaning altogether. It is God breathed. You understand. This is not a Bible. This is the word of God. Bible means the book. That's the meaning. If you don't understand what Bible means, it is not book. It means the book. The book. Luke chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Luke 2. So it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of who? The teachers. Both listening to them and asking them questions. And verse 47. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Who is he sitting among? The teachers. Why are they astonished at his understanding and his answers? Because unlike them, he has been born of the Spirit. He has something which they don't have. They have knowledge. He has revelation. At the age of 12. And some of our little children, when you listen to them, can give you a run for your money because you know they have the Spirit. I have a picture on my... It looks like a... The picture may look like a silly picture. Until you see the reference. This is a picture from Revelation 10-2. Painted by an 8 year old girl in our church. You look at the picture. You look at the color. Oh, I understand. Where the rainbow comes from. Where the cloud comes from. Who is this? I understand. Children. Okay. At 12. He was brought from childhood in Holy Scripture. Which was wise unto salvation. And he was born of the Spirit. And they are astonished. What made the difference? They had a degree. He had the spirit. Luke 3, verse 21, 22. 21, 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass. Jesus also was baptized. And when he prayed, the heaven was opened. Ministry begins. You don't want a ministry if heaven is not open for you. God told the children of Israel, you look in the references, go back home today, read Deuteronomy 28 and all you read Deuteronomy 28. He says, when you disobey me, earth will be iron, heavens will be brass. When you obey me, heavens will be open. I will send you rain. Everything in their life was dependent upon one thing. Do we have open heavens or a closed heavens? When he prayed, heaven opened. The simple question is not whether we pray or not. The question is when we pray, does heaven open? It's beginning. It's beginning. When he opened, heavens opened. And the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. Like a dove. The third thing, it remained on him. That you will find in John 1.32. It remained on him. A doubt does not remain on anybody. Unless that person is absolutely non-threatening. Look into the word of God. The spirit of God left Saul. The spirit of God left Samson. The spirit of God rested on Jesus from the beginning till the end. Never left him. Because he was a man of peace. Absolutely in peace with God. He begins. Open heavens. It's important. That's why you have to do things by faith. 
why do we keep on praying for people we said don't even change because your prayers are words words are blessings and words are not bound by time because words are spiritual can you take a word and bring it back no then it is not spiritual i give you one sign jesus kept on saying what is the sign the sign of jonah and on the third day i shall already sent the word into the future that he would rise up on the third day. January 16, 15 days left for this month to begin another 11 and a half months. What have you sent forward that he can believe will come to back? Words are like seed. What did you send into February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December? Have you sowed? Because words are seeds. They are spiritual. Have you sent blessings or have you sent curses? Either way it will come. What did you send forth? Because the spirits and the spirit are hovering. When Jesus prayed, the Bible says heavens opened and not spirits. The Holy Spirit descended upon him. Descended upon him. Because we are looking at the pattern. Because the first man is the pattern. The first man, Adam, was not of a pattern because he listened to the devil and the devil took over. Jesus listened to his father and the Holy Spirit and the Spirit takes over. Who are you listening to? Which man are you following? It's the question. Luke 4, 1 to 4. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Willing to go where you lead me. Into the wilderness. And then, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. God is allowing his son to be tested. In those days he ate nothing and afterward when they had ended, he was hungry. After they had ended, meaning Jesus and the devil are walking together. They had ended. Going, going. We are only mentioned three or four temptations, but that is not all that is mentioned. The rest of them are not mentioned. 40 days of dialogue. And 40 days of victory. This is probably the final. He's hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. If you are a child of God. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus said something which is important, which is true. We need to understand. We need two things to live. One is bread for our stomach and every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Jesus said, if you follow the word that proceeds from the mouth of God, I will add the bread. If you follow the bread, your ears will be closed. And that's why Americans call bread money. So when an American asks you how much bread do you have, don't show your loaves. He's wanting to know how much money you have. Because they understand what it means. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How do you live? Bread for the stomach. Word for my soul. Every word. Why is it so important? Because if you don't receive the word, the spirit will not come. The spirit is waiting for the word to proceed. He's hovering. And God said, The Bible doesn't say God thought, God wished, God desired. No, God said. God said. 
And the Spirit started creating. So every word of God you hear is important because when you hear it, you say it. And the Spirit of God comes upon it. That's what the Bible says. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. That's why confession is important. Because you say, your words have power. Because you are created in the image of God. We know the temptations. Look for verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He prayed, open heavens, Spirit came, filled with the Spirit, tested for 40 days, overcame everything, and came back. Now what? In the power of the Holy Spirit. Now he's ready. He's ready. And what is the first thing he faces? Rejection. They tried to kill him in his hometown. Because his own family and his own house did not down, did not believe him. Because you came in the power of the Holy Spirit, it does not bother you. It does not matter that people say your ministry is not good because you already heard your father saying, this is my only son in whom I am well pleased. What people say is irrelevant because you have heard what God said. Are you getting the picture? How it all falls into place? The pattern is set by him. You read the life of Jesus, there's nothing he said or did other than through the Spirit. Never anything. Because you can do through other spirits. That's why we said this whole thing of last year and teaching. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Why do you need to humble? To hear from God. What was the hallmark? Have this mind that was also in Jesus Christ. What is that mind? We'll say full of wisdom. No. Full of knowledge? No. Yes, he was all that. But why? Why was he full of wisdom? Why was he full of knowledge? Because he was humble. Because God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. That has never changed. That has never changed. It has never changed. He resists the proud. And what the proud is, is that they are only interested in the result. The means don't matter to them. They only interested in the result. What is the result? The result has never changed. Because man was made in God's image and it was spoken over him. You shall have dominion. What do they want? Dominion. The devil says, I will give you dominion. Isn't that what he told Jesus? Come on, worship me. I will give you dominion. All this has been given unto me. I can give you dominion. And most people will flip onto the other side because dominion is very easy if you go the other side. God's side, dominion is promised, eternal domination is promised. You shall reign with me all through eternity. But this is the issue. You want to dominate your circumstances, humble yourself. That is from what we all run away. It's not that we don't pray. Oh, we all pray. Who is in here who doesn't pray? Even if you have no lifestyle of praying, let a dog chase you. 
suddenly religion will come out. Ayya, Abba, save me. You will pray. Everybody prays. That's not the point. God never says pray first. He says humble yourself. Because if you humble and pray, then you will hear. When you hear, you will turn. When you turn, I will heal. I will give you grace. Are you getting the picture? He's not only the author. He has to be the finisher. And in between, he has to be the sustainer. Wherever in our spiritual journeys, all of us took a sideways and then joined, that is not in God's record. It's not God in God's record. And you will reach out and say, but Lord, I did so much from 1989 to 93. God said, I was not there. You did it. Your work was good in quality wise, but the source was wrong. You did it in your flesh. And do you know in your flesh there is this potential tapping called sorcery? You tapped into the wrong source. James, you read the book of James, there is a wisdom that is from below which is demonic. How do you know your wisdom is not from the devil and is from God? How do you know your power is from God and not from the devil? How do you know your riches is from God and not from the devil? How do you know? Because the first characteristic of anything from God is that when God prospers a man, he doesn't add sorrow. You have peace about your money. You have peace about your wisdom. You're not trying to dominate your wife by quoting scripture. Even if she doesn't listen or even if he doesn't listen, you have peace. Because your wisdom is first of all peaceful. Peace. Peace. That's the hallmark of the kingdom of God. Riches. Power. How do you know your power is of God? It is peace. Are you a king? I am. But my kingdom is not from here. What is your source? Everybody knows Psalm 23? Psalm 23? He anoints my oil. My cup overflows. Why does your cup overflow? Why should your cup overflow? How should your cup overflow? Only because of the anointing. Not because of anything else. Know your source of your wisdom. Know the source of your riches. Know the source of your power. Know the source of your knowledge. Because there are different sources. But only one source is accepted by God. That is the anointing. So when Jesus, the Son of God, stands before his first congregation, he says, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me and his cup overflows. This cup overflows. It does not matter if the crowd is 10,000 and he has only five loaves and two fish. His cup overflows. It does not matter if the Pharisees have come asking for tax. He says, you know what? I, uh, spirit, I have a no- word of knowledge from the spirit. Peter, you go to this place, put your um, fishing rod in over there, the first fish. There will be a drachma coin, enough for you and my tax. Word of knowledge. Everything is coming from the spirit. You can receive a word of knowledge from the enemy also. When Paul and Silas was going for prayer in the city of Philippi, there was a girl in whom was a divining spirit who accurately said, these are the servants of the Most High God. And a master has used that spirit in her to make money. You can go to another source and they will tell you accurately everything about you. And you believe it and go to hell. 
It's not knowledge that is important. Your source that is important. If you think demons cannot accurately predict things about your past, they can. Because there's nothing hidden in the spiritual realm. Everything is visible. They know you. They know your history. They know everything. All that fellow, that fellow with the divining spirit, the astrologer, the tantric, all has to tap into the source and he will hear and he will say that. And then he will give you a prophecy. He will tell you, two years from now, you will die of cancer. And you receive it and go in. You will die of cancer because you received it. And the rest of your family also believes, you know, you went to this tantric, he had told she would die two years from now. Words, words, words. Words, words, words. Please go back and read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 again. In the beginning, the spirit was overing, and God said, and he saw the result and said, it is good. So Lord, begin in me. Let the power be yours. Let the word be yours. And when you see that work, let it be good. And he will tell you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. That's why there is no reference. There is nothing over there. All this I got through the night. I was tired out, out in the morning. It asked my wife. I couldn't write it down. I said, it was coming through the night. It was coming through the night. Lord, I need a word for today. I need a word for today. Because this was not the way it was supposed to happen. It was second Saturday, Pastor Vijay was to preach. Then we canceled it. So second Saturday, third Saturday, and then Sunday I had to preach. And I said, Lord, give me a word. He says, I'll give you a word. I'm the God of Daniel. I can give you a word in the night visions. I'll speak to you. I'll speak to you. I will speak to you. So I'm telling you from the experience of years in the ministry and the years I struggled and now the difference is, now the difference, the struggle is not to study. The struggle is only to hear. Once you have heard, everything falls into place. Falls into place. That's why he said you should labor to enter into my rest. So the most difficult part of your spiritual life is your prayer closet. You have to hear. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 5 and verse 7. Jesus' prayer in the days of his flesh. How did he pray? With vehement cries and groans that could not be uttered. With tears. And he was heard. He was heard because of his reverent submission. The entire purpose of prayer is we should be heard. How do you know? Because you get an answer. So on Mount Carmel, what is happening? From morning to evening, they are cutting and shouting and jumping and doing what? Prophesying. What are they doing? Prophesying. They understand the words. How do they invoke the spirits? How do they get the spirits to do? They are prophesying. Baal will bring fire. Baal will bring fire. They are going crazy. They are doing everything. Prophesying. There was nobody who paid attention. Nobody who heard. Nobody spoke. Then Elijah said, step aside, it's my time. Come near, repaired the altar, did everything God had asked him to do. Stepped back and said, Lord, Lord, very simple prayer. Lord, I have done according to your word. Prove yourself for this people are yours. And fire came. 
three and a half years of hiding in the prayer closet. But when the actual situation came, a one-line prayer. In the mountain early in the morning, contending with his flush, with tears that cannot be heard from God. And then comes down and says, you leave, you leave. He spoke and they said, what authority this man speaks. You know why? Because he heard. He comes and walks on waters. The disciples who left at six, it is three in the morning. They have crossed just three miles after nine hours. He walks on water. You know why? Because he's broken through in the spiritual realm. In his prayer closet. Breakthrough in your prayer closet. There is a God who hears. God who speaks. That's the voice of this Holy Spirit. When he speaks, things will all start falling into peace. And the kingdom of God rules by peace. So when Jesus comes in, what's the first thing he says? Peace. Peace. So anything you do, or anything you are doing, Look for one thing. Is there peace? Don't look. If you do not have peace and you do not bring peace, even if you get the results, it is the demonic that is working and not God. When God does stuff, there will be peace in your heart. Let the peace of God rule your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. In Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God reign, rule. Because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness and peace. God started, God empowered, it was God's word, God said it was good, his righteousness is established and you have peace. 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 Shall we stand? Shall we pray? Father, this morning we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. We just want to thank you, Lord. We want to go right back to the beginning, Lord. Where you started that work in us. We want to go back there. And we want to cross check our life. Did you begin it? The things we have done. Did you empower it? Did you speak it? Do you see it is good? Father, I pray. Let heaven not be brass. And earth under our feet iron. You promised us. Open heavens. Open heavens. I pray for open heavens. Everyone's life here. Open heavens. That we don't tap into any other power. But it's your Holy Spirit that empowers us and does things through us. For many who began, like Saul, have fallen on to the other side. So many people, Lord, pastors, who began with the Spirit of God, has ended up with the demonic. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. We want to begin with you. We want to end with you. And in between, let it all be off you. For there is only one Spirit that is holy, that is your Spirit. There is only one power that is legitimate, that is grace. Teach us to be humble so that we will wait until you come. We will wait until it is your time. We will wait until we hear. For it is through patience and faith the saints inherit the promises of God. Come into the church into thy hands here everywhere. I speak healing, I speak deliverance, and I speak your power. 
into every life. And above all, I speak peace. He said, my peace I give you. And I give your people your peace. That peace that passes understanding. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the grace of a God, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. 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 Amen.